0: If you've been with us the past two weeks, we ended a series last week on called Fearless. And Pastor Tiffany so eloquently brought us to a place how to deal with fear when it comes to our life, because it comes to every single one of us. Man, did she do an awesome job if you're here. Come on, give it up for Pastor Tiffany. Woo! She took some really practical ways of bringing the scripture to us to help us deal with that thing called fear, and, and we all face it. And... Uh, One of the things that she said that I think is really powerful is that uh, fear is a learned response. Now, the moment I hear that, I think a little bit from this mindset, if it's a learned response, then I can learn something different. I can learn not to respond that way, because she said another statement that was really powerful too. She says that fear left undealt with will turn into shame, and that shame will lead you to failure. Remember, she kind of took us through a clockwise way of looking at that. So if you're going backwards, then, then the ultimate result will be failure. And God doesn't want you to fail. He's, not, he, he's made every way for you to be escape, fear, and, and those things that life brings so that you don't fail. But she came to us last week with another practical way, uh, biblical, scriptural way. And man, it just it registered with me so much that she kind of took us the, the clockwise way. And she says, if you want to face off fear and be, live a fearless life, she said, start with the first step, and that was pray. And offer thanksgiving. In other words, go to God with this stuff. Instead of our best friend and our family and even your spouse. I know it's, we, we tagged him a lot, but man, I found out that she don't got all the answers sometimes. She got most of them, but not all of them. God's always never failed me there. And so, we, to, this is, we're talking about starting to deal with fear, okay? So then, what was the next step beyond that? She said that a result there, we're looking for peace. Peace will show up. And peace, when that shows up, you, it, that next step, it comes to a place. There's another step beyond that. And she says, you fix. You focus on these kinds of thoughts. When you're talking to God and then you get to that place where peace shows up, but then she said, think on these kind of things. Fix your focus on uh, that, a good report, that uh, he's always good all the time. These things keep in front of you. But man, the next step to me was the most powerful one. Uh, can I be honest with you? I was looking for chasing, getting into hell, chasing the devil and spitting in his face and some fiery fight of faith thing she was going to tell us. and she, That's not what she did she made it much more simpler than that much more less work than that she says repeat the steps in other words go back to God all the time when fear shows up which it's always going to show up face that fear with praise and thanksgiving come to that place where you see peace show up reminding yourself of those peace that peace and then when you get to that good report you get to that place fix your thought on the mantra, the mantra. remember the mantra a mantra would be like this, uh, you know, I've got this mantra in, in, in my life through an experience that I went through, and it was simply this. This will come to naught. You do what you can do, and I'll do what I can do. That becomes something I'm fixed on and I'm focused on. <laughs> I started a new practice for myself to help me with mantras and some of these steps that she's talking about. I got this deck out back, and, and I've always been a person of confession because I believe that that's how you activate faith, is by speaking and saying the things that God says, and so now I've kind of taken it to a new level. I've got this book, and I've I'm, I'm, got hundreds of them now, and I'm standing out over my deck, and I'm looking out over nothing but Mars. but there's nobody back there, nobody cares but the birds and me. And I'm decreeing and speaking as loud as I can, and I'm telling you, as I'm doing that, mantras are coming up into my life, and I'm fixed, and I'm repeating, and as those fears start to come back, I remember the mantras. And so listen, we were going to start a new series this week, we ended last week with Fearless, and we were going to start with really just coming to you and talking to you about your finances and how God has a plan for you financially. He wants you to prosper. He wants you to be blessed. He wants increase to come into your life. We're going to talk about there's two systems that, that we can learn as a believer to look towards. One we don't, one we do, and, and the one is the world system, which is scripturally called mammon. And it's the one where you trust in all of your own resources and your outward thoughts and your, your, your pensions and your 401Ks. And we want to have all of that. I'm not, I'm not downing any of those. And, and there's some disciplines of structure and, and things that you can do. But the kingdom system is built upon giving of tithe and giving of offering. And, and then you learn to trust and rest on God and you work your faith. And we we're going to come and share all those things with you. And take you down a road to where you know that John, Third John says, Beloved, I wish. And the scripture says, I pray above all things that you would prosper financially and be in health even as your soul prospers. There's a mantra right there. But when we came together as a team on Monday... And we started discussing, we do it every, every after every service, we start to just kind of reflect on how, how it went and what we said, and we're very strategic. In other words, we start the year to end the year. You know what I mean by that? Every message we bring to you is planned and prepared, usually two, three months ahead of time. We know where we're going. We wanted to make a difference this year in the, with the kingdom of God. That's our purpose. And so we were going to lead and get to that place. And, and, and one of the things that we have always endeavored to do here at Coastal is not just to be so strategic and so planned that we, ex- uh, uh, we exclude the, the leading of the Holy Spirit. Matter of fact, it's one of our cultures. We're led by the Holy Spirit. And so Monday we started talking, and, and I mean, it was across the board. We just didn't feel like we were, we, there was another connecting point to this fearless series which we ended last week, but we're going to start a new one today. And I'm hoping to introduce you to, or maybe reintroduce you to, maybe the Holy Spirit today in a way that you've never known Him. And I'm going to do that by taking you back and, and, you know, just work with me on this, okay? It's not necessarily the easiest thing for me to share with you because I'm just being honest and being transparent and an experience that I had to walk through But I believe that in that experience, as I I walk us through it and and show you how I had to approach it and and journey through it, that maybe you'll recognize that what I learned and Pastor Tiffany and I together in the journey of that experience, that introduced us to the personhood of the Holy Spirit in a way we've never known Him. And it brought power to my relationship, it brought an excitement Believe it or not, in a moment of grief and excitement came because I had a hope that others don't, might not have. But in July of 1998, um, things were going really well for us. I mean, really, extremely well. I was married, and I was 32 years old. My daughter was 2 years old. My son was um, a, a baby at that time, and, and uh, I was pastoring in a local church, 1,200 people strong. Man, it was, it was, I mean, I was living the dream of a pastor where I was. And trust me, I'm living the dream now on the Outer Banks. But it, it was just good. We had a, we had a nice home, and, and all the material things that you think about were there for us. Family close by, in laws close by, sister in law. I love my in laws. I have nothing, they actually live with me now. So imagine that. Some of you don't like your in laws. I love mine. And this was a plus for me. We lived a very busy life. Lived a very busy pastoral life. And so uh, when, I, when I think about that moment and that time, you would think it, everything about it was perfect, but there was just one little element about it that was not perfect. And that was, my mom was experiencing really uh, challenging things physically. She was dealing with cancer. And that cancer and the up and down of health that she walked through over a two-year period there was really an emotional experience that... Uh, it doesn't take long to stir up those emotions again. But I believed in divine healing, and I'm confident in it more now today than I was even then. But during that process, I believed, that time, I believed with everything within me that she was going to come off of that bed and free from sickness and disease, free from that devilish cancer, and go out and chase the devil and chase him down, speak in tongues running down the aisle of the church, and be here with me today. Cause I saw you back about that time, I ignored that, but some very good friends of mine helped me get here. But I expected that part of my life to be very good and very powerful, and this was that was the only piece that was not perfect. And through that time of wanting that thing to happen, you know, it I learned something that's very hopefully will help you that uh, where you live and what you live around. It's a very determining factor of how long you'll live. And God definitely has promised you to live long on this earth until you're satisfied. It is not the will of God for you to die at 52. She went home to be with the Lord at 52. I'm 52 now. Maybe that's a revelation why I'm thinking about it now. But in that experience, I'm going to tell you just a quick short story of it. There were some things that happened along the way that I didn't realize that it was him, the Holy Spirit, walking me through that process as much as I do now. The short story of that was simply that, uh, like I said, a couple years of the experience and then about the last few months of, of her life on this earth with us, she wanted to come stay with us and live with us in Ohio. And we had invited her, but she really wanted to do that, and and because she just wanted to change her environment. She just wanted to get in an environment of, of, of a different faith environment where, uh, you know, here it just wasn't working for her. No pun against anybody or a person, it just wasn't working for her. And she felt like that if she could get there with us, things would begin to turn around, and they did. We're not special. We just work the Word and believe the Word, and we begin to work it. And she started to get better. She couldn't eat, started to eat. She couldn't get out of a wheelchair, got out of the wheelchair. She couldn't go to the mall. She started going to the mall. She couldn't go to church. She started going to church. We just kept her surrounded with people like yourself that are full of faith, full of the Word, and full of the Holy Ghost, and accepted nothing but life. When everything opposite was telling, their opposite telling you different, we would not accept that because we believe that the devil is a stealer, a killer, and a destroyer, and she believed that too. But two months or so before she passed away, I'd say probably four months or so, she, she got homesick. She started missing family. She started missing this environment. And everything within me, already everything within me, knew that if she would succumb to that thought and those feelings and those emotions and and give into that, she would begin to settle. She would begin to settle back into a life of comfort and not fight in that good fight of faith. And cancer will not give you an inch if you give it a mile. And so she came back home, and within two or three months, she went on home to be with the Lord. And uh, it's tough. Uh, I... She was going to be the Nini to my grand to my kids that no other Nini could. She was going to be the best. We had resolved ourselves to do some things during that time, and, and but I wanted instead of just telling you the good fight of faith that I was this faith giant and 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 I, and and we were it when it came to that. Can I go a little bit more transparent with you and tell you what I was feeling? Because I think if you get an understanding and then I can introduce you to the Holy Spirit more today on a more practical level, a more experiential level than just some faith giant, then maybe you'll see how big He is. And how much He is awesome and powerful and amazing and a person that lives and dwells in the sight of every single man a woman, boy or girl that will give their heart to Christ. He comes and lives within them just like that. To walk you through life and to help you come alongside you and to comfort you when no one else is there and no one else will. So the only way I can do it, i got to read to you because I, I'll, get, I'll get choked up on it. But I sought counsel. I sought counsel from my pastor, from friends that, that were very close to me, and, that had experienced it. And, and, and I said, man, just tell me the right thing. Tell me that this is going to be, this is not going to be real. Tell me that this is not what's going on. I was just looking for a help to, to maybe deal with some of the emotions. What kind of emotions? Memories. Memories of a good life. Mom and I, we were a team. We, we were hand in hand. And, and she was very instrumental in this community and brought a lot of people here to the kingdom of God. And, and she just, she, she was, she oh, when I got around her, she was like God to me in a sense. And then I'm also getting ready to face life in a way, okay, what's the unknown now? Now now some of those things that I had planned that I thought were going to be there, all of a sudden that had completely changed. How do I deal with that? I needed counsel. I needed help, someone to come alongside me to help me through that. I said this, I said there were times that the fight against cancer prior to and after she passed away, if I'm being honest with you, I needed someone to strengthen me because it was not necessarily that i wasn't some i had all of these big muscle mindset i was i was weak in my thought because oh gosh this is the end i came to that place where i can remember thoughts of this that that uh, if i could just find someone that would just intercede for me i'm a pastor guys I've been pastoring for a long time back then, and, and I was a pastor, and I just, if someone could just intercede, if someone could just pray for me and just take this thing completely away, someone could just identify with what I'm having to face, and, and I, not only that, I had to actually, to, if I could, I had to advocate for God. Do you know what I mean by that? I had to defend now the message that I believe with all my heart because it didn't work the way I expected it to work. I had to pastor people, and I, I remember that when I came to that place where I'm like, oh, no, what am I going to do? And the emotion of that was very real, and the loss of that was evident, and it was not going to change. Pastor Tiffany and I did some things that were very evident, that we chose in that moment of time, instead of uh, we, we found a mantra, per se, we chose in that moment of time to press in 100% more, because here's why. Because sometimes there weren't people there. It was just me and Pastor Tiffany and God. But even then, we couldn't depend on ourselves. I can remember going through this experience through that as well. Uh, it was five years after the passing away. And, and I'm standing in this church service. I'm at the back. We got a thousand people in there. It's service is over. I'm back there greeting people. Not even thinking about it. I hadn't thought about mom and the whole experience in, in two or three years. It was just, you know, kind of out of sight, out of mind in a sense. And then all of a sudden, they played this song at this children's thing that they were getting ready to do and it just happened to be the song that we played at my mom's funeral and all of those emotions came right back and thank God I had a pastor friend that was right there in front of me and he looked at me and he says you need to go don't you and he sent me back to my office and I went back to this 10 by 10 office and guess who was there when I got there the Holy Spirit i found that when I come to that place where I don't know what to deal with the fear, I don't know how to deal with it, I don't know how to deal with the agitation or the irritation or the loss or the experience of not knowing what to do, i found that I can go into a cubicle of 8x8, 4x4, a bathroom, a car, it doesn't matter, and there's nobody around, and Him who, the Holy Spirit, the most dependable person in this earth, is always there. He's never referred to once in the scripture as an it. He's referred to as a person. And like I said, we chose to go 100% into getting into the Word and letting the Word be the thing that brought us comfort and letting the Word be the very thing that confirmed to us that God was a good God and that we believe what we believe and we stand on what we stand and nothing's going to ever change that. And the more we did that, the more He shows up, the more the Holy Ghost got bold on the inside of us, just like the book of Acts when He came into this earth and the beginning of the church and the church age was just begun at that time, we had those kinds of experiences. But they weren't all like that. Some of those experiences were simply the still, small voice that would come alongside you and actually remind you, hey, I got your back. When this world is really loud, when that moment is really loud, and that death experience is really loud, that financial experience, that spousal experience, that marriage experience, if you will just come to this place where you are willing to introduce yourself a little bit more to the third person of the Godhead, Godhead, not based on traditions, not based on experiences, not based on outward expressions, but learn how to come to that place and trust the man on the inside. There's a lot of confusion out there about him. There's a lot of debate about him. There's a lot of uh, uh, people trying to say it's this and it's that. It's an outward thing. And, and I found, guys, listen to me, that if we're not careful, we're going to take something that is very real. We're going to take a person and we're going to turn him into just an experience and we're going to turn him into just an outward expression and miss the whole point of what the Scripture's trying to tell us who he is. He's the third person Of the Godhead. There's times I'm not necessarily sure. If I'm hearing from God the Father. There's times I'm not necessarily sure. If if it's Jesus talking to me. I recognize where their location is. God the Father is in heaven. Creator of all the heavens and the earth. The God of wisdom, knowledge and revelation. And understanding. There's no one like him. You cannot trump God the Father. And then there's sweet Jesus give me access to the Father paid that price, shed that blood and and my salvation is secure but if that's all you know you will not experience the full power of the Trinity. And without the full uh, understanding of the Trinity, you will be limited in this life. You will have a tendency. I keep looking back there. The word fear used to be over there. You will keep the, have more tendency to yield to the world's way of thinking of fear and doubt and unbelief without this revelation of boldness and power that's on the inside, not just on the outside. The more I've got to know him, and I'm going to say something, I, 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 want to, I want you to hear it. The more I've got to know him, the more normal I have become. <laughs> the more I've got to know him, the more holy I live. And the more holy I live, the more free I am. Because where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is Liberty. Nothing's been taken away from me. No habit? <laughs> no no desire? No, I got to have this. Can't understand why and I don't want to meddle in flesh, flesh is flesh. The more I've got to know him, the less flesh I have to deal with. And a lot of what we see as expression trying to define Him is really just someone to me. I say, Man, you still got a lot of flesh to work through, and you're trying to work it out in the wrong way. You're not, we're calling it intimacy, but it's not intimacy, it's drawing attention to what's not real. Now, it'll lead you there, but it'll distract a lot of people along the way. I'm more normal now than I was when I welcomed him into my life. So, we got to be careful in this definition of who. He is. It's not an experience. He's not an it. (laughs) And he's not just this expressible. Let me hit that a moment. When I got born again, welcomed Jesus into my life, very real, very real moment of my life. And as I got to know that walk and learn the Father and now, I've, like I said, have this understanding of the Holy Spirit, there was an outward experience that came into my life just like the book of Acts that I believe is for every believer. (laughs) And it's only an outward experience or expression of the indwelling of who He is that now is a result and showing how much fuller I am because it's the infilling of the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues. It is the very thing that gives me boldness and power at times because I am very limited in the knowledge that I have and how I pray and what I do and it keeps me aware of that power that's in there many, many times. But it's not something that I just throw out there and play with just to make a point. And I grew up with a mom that danced up and down the aisles and shandai shandai everything you could think of, thank God. Because it doesn't scare me. It changed my life. But if we're not careful, we're going to miss him just because of the experience. But if you get to know him, you will have the experience. I needed counsel. I needed a standby. I needed an advocate, someone to help me defend what I believe. And I believe more now than ever that it is God's will for me to live long on this earth until I'm satisfied. Three score and 10, 70 years plus another 10 would give me 80. And if I'm not satisfied there because my father-in-law is 84 years old now, he's still got probably 15, 20 more years to go. You decide. Paul says, I was caught between two thoughts, two different directions. One, to depart and to go and be with my father. And the scripture says that that would be far better. But he says it's more needful for me to stay in this life and on this earth with you right now. And I just think that we're giving up too quick on this earth when there's people that need. When you get to be 60, I think you're just starting to get right. Like that, Miss Patty? To come to somebody and tell them because you're 45 years old that you're old, don't even go there with me. You ain't learned half of life yet. I'm stepping into the realm of 52, and I feel like I'm just that, just right there. I know a little little bit more about what not to do now than I used to. (laughs) And if I could get you young kids to maybe learn from some of that, and sometimes you just got to let them be young, dumb, and stupid and figure it out. They let me do it and here I am. We're giving up too quick. And I believe that when you know Him, you'll see the value of why you don't want to give up too quick. Why you don't want to succumb to this person who's a deceiver, the devil. And His ways of thinking is to take you out as quick as you can get off this earth because He knows once you you get to know the power of the Holy Spirit living inside of you, you are a force to be reckoned with and fear will not be your dominating factor anymore. When you see Him as helper, when you see Him as standby, four different times in the Scriptures in John chapter 14, 15, and 16, you'll see the reference of the Holy Spirit given to us as helper. Helper to come alongside you as a comforter that comes alongside to comfort you in time of mourn, time of grief, time of joy. Any single time period of your life, the Holy Spirit is there to counsel you, to walk with you. Jesus made it very clear in those three chapters. He starts off in John chapter 14, verse 1, and I'm going to let you go. I don't have time to go read it for you. It's in this service. But He was very clear In the first verse of that chapter fourteen, and it began the it actually came gave us the context of everything that was going to be spoken in the next three chapters. He spoke in context by making it very clear that you know what the world that you are living in will be different at times in your life. Don't be afraid. Sorrow will possibly come at you and in your life. I was in sorrow, I was in emotion, I was in reality, I was in loss, and I still experience If I, I'd lie to you if I said I don't still experience some of that sometimes. I'll tell you how real it's experienced experience for me. I've lived here 12, come back home 12 years now. I've only been to my mother's graveside twice since I've been home. I've done funerals out there where that graveside is. I just don't, it, it just don't work for me. Two things. She's not there. It's a brick in the ground. And there might be some stuff in the ground still. There might be a box in the ground. Woo! But guess what? There's coming a day when he's going to return from her and that body that was, that body that was dead, that body that's decayed. Oh, glory be to God. I'm starting to sound like an evangelist preacher now. <laughs> It's going to meet together in the air, and we're all going to be back together again. That's my mantra. But how do you think I have that mantra? Because I have an awareness of Him and who He is on the inside. I know you need counsel. You're a human being. I know you need a standby. I know you need comfort. (laughs) I know you need someone to intercede for you. I know you need to be an advocate at times for what you believe and you need someone to defend you as well. (laughs) I know you need strength. And that's what Jesus said in the context of those three scriptures which we will finish next week. I'll tell you how to recognize Him. I'll tell you what He sounds like. I'll tell you how to be led by Him. We'll look into the scriptures and we'll find that out. Jesus said, it is imperative. It is expedient for you. <laughs> he told his disciples, sorrow will come because I'm not going to be here the way you expect, expect me to be here anymore. But I'm not going to leave you alone. I'm going to make sure him, who, he, who, the Holy Spirit, he'll come alongside you. He'll help you face off your fears. He'll help you be fearless. You're not expected to do what we learned two weeks ago alone. That's the connecting point we want to take you in the next two weeks. You're not going to have to do that alone. If you do, you'll trust yourself. And I don't know about you, but I've proven that trusting myself is not the best thing I always do. Stand up with me this morning. <laughs> you know what? Uh, I asked Brother Mike when he came in this morning, I said, Can you help me just play something for me? And and he said, What do you want me to play? And I said, I don't care. And he says, How about Holy Spirit, thou art welcome? He didn't even know. (laughs) It's the song we were playing. I did my mother's funeral. I'll never forget that little cubicle in the back room before I had to come out. And this is the song we were playing. And I remember back there, all the emotions that were screaming around and the fear. Oh, what am I going to do? It's, can you just take this away, Lord? And Can we just skip this? Can this just be a dream? Can you just send her, bring her back and let's get over this and we'll, we'll, we'll give a testimony. she has been divinely healed. She raised, raised her from the dead and... and uh, We'd be on Fox News. <laughs> That's not what happened. I still had to walk out. And I heard these words. I looked up. I said, Lord. I didn't hear from the Father. I said, Jesus. <laughs> I didn't say it like that, but I didn't hear from Jesus. Jesus. I heard from the Holy Spirit. And here's the words I heard. I got your back. That's it. That was my mantra to do my mother's funeral. Walked out. 600 people. That's where you screw up anybody. We did the funeral. Funeral was over. I took a moment after a few things went on and go back into that little room I had to get away just for a moment blue carpet I'll never forget the room because it was dark and dingy and I hadn't been there 30 seconds and I heard the words I got you back it's been a mantra ever since